Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you're blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church or its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to connect.redchurch.org.au. It's a pleasure to share with you today. Uh, We're continuing on with our series of Christ in us, Christ through us. Um, we've had some really great teachings over these last few weeks. Uh, we had Ryan a couple of weeks ago talking about our inner world and dealing with the idea of sin. And he, he mentioned that we're either uh, a slave to sin or a slave to obedience. Um, there is like not a choice. God is at work in our life or we're choosing to serve somebody else. And then Britt last week covered reconciliation and being justified by him and, and, and great great analogy about being fractured and becoming whole with him. And there was some some great nitty-gritty medical details. I promise you there is none today. You will not need to squirm, even though I do enjoy that stuff. Uh, does anyone else watch the shows like Embarrassing Bodies or anything like that? Oh, <laughs> guilty pleasure. Now, um, I noticed a bit of a trend between Ryan and Britt. They both used passages from the Book of Romans now, I'm not one to buck a trend. Uh, I like to think I'm an individual, but no, I want to keep ramming at home. So I'm going to share from Romans as well. And it will be from the first two verses of Romans chapter 12. Paul writes to the Romans, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm going to read that one more time and let these words soak over us um, because this scripture will be permeated throughout this sermon. And and they're really, they're quite life-giving. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's great scripture to live by. I may have mentioned this to some people or if we've had a chance to talk about it. Romans 12 is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, full stop, period. Um, I've probably read Romans 12 more than any other scripture in the whole Bible, so I'm a big fan. Paul tells us to not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And it got me to thinking that what are some of the patterns of this world that inhibit us from Christ in us, Christ through us, or as we have been saying, emotionally healthy spirituality? What are the patterns of this world that inhibit us, that stop it, that make it hard to become more emotionally spiritual, beings in God. Now, I have a bit of a, an addiction um, 
come clean. Uh, I've, I've lost quite a bit of weight over the last few years. And one of the biggest keys uh, for me is zero sugar soft drinks. Uh, it's quite the revelation. Um, and I'm not proud to say that I have more than I should. Um, I find I drink Coke No Sugar more than Pepsi Max. So I think there's a bit of a tribal, tribalistic attitude between those two drinks. But honestly, in the end, it's all carcinogenic, black, fizzy drink, and it's great. Uh, a few years ago, Pepsi Max, they had this uh, great little ad campaign. And I remember the tagline. Uh, it said, zero sugar, zero compromise. I'm like, that's true. I can, I can have it all. I fell for a hook line. I still fall for it hook line and sinker. And I can have it all. And I don't have to worry about the calories. Don't worry about what's in it. But I don't have to compromise this addiction that I have to fizzy drinks while I can get shredded. It's fantastic. Don't have to give up anything. It's like a quick fix. I find that it's so prevalent in today. You can have the cake and eat it too. You can live your life. You can be the main character, as I like to say these days. I do find, however, that as I do drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, that it does creep into my inner world. It can creep into our inner world. It's almost like we want, as Romans says, the good, pleasing, perfect will, because who doesn't want that? Let's be honest. But we think we can have that well, as a, without having to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, as it says in the start. We can have this all. We can, we can have these great fruits of God, but don't have to give up too much. We almost want to keep some of ourselves away from God, away from offering him as a living sacrifice um, and expect that spiritual health. As I said, I fall for it hook, line and sinker. It creeps in. And that's the thing when you think about this scripture talking about being a living sacrifice is that if a sacrifice is living, it tends to crawl off the altar or it can crawl off the altar. As soon as we kind of approach God and we feel like he wants to touch in part of our lives that might be a bit too raw or things that we don't really want to share, we can just go, yeah, no, not today. Um, that can be for another time maybe. But I've offered this much and that's it. Don't need to compromise that much. I find myself doing that dance quite often. And we think that we can have it all. But in fact, it stunts that emotional, spiritual growth in us. To offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, it's quite the oxymoron if you really think about it. We, we read in the Old Testament about sacrificial worship to God. And uh, I can tell you, those animals aren't living. So how can a sacrifice be living? <laughs> what does it mean? It doesn't make sense when we really boil it down as the phrase. What are we actually offering God as a living sacrifice? Paul says to offer our bodies. He also tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, our bodies, and our minds. Last time I checked, we all have a body, we all have a mind. Anyone else? Are we all living? We've got a pulse. We offer those to God. These bodies and minds are actually the things that we both partake the world 
and we participate through the world. We, we receive reality and perceive it with our minds, with our bodies, and we enact. We, we communicate with our bodies. We, we live life with our bodies. Some communicate more than others with their bodies, um, but it's what we do. It's, it's, how we, it's how we live. And Paul's asking us to offer that as a living sacrifice. To be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's, it seems weird. It seems full on. It may be full on. But what, what we find as we, as we go through that process, we can't actually Pepsi max our way into transformation. I'm going to turn that word into a verb today. Just you watch me. So how are we renewed? How are we transformed? What does this process look like in our lives? What does God have to say about this process? How does he shape us? How does he craft us in us and through us into better emotional, spiritual health? Now, I've got a bit of a quiz this is a participatory activity today. I've got a song here. I'm going to start maybe singing out some lyrics and maybe there might be some who can answer me. Uh, you might be reluctant. It might show your vintage or it might show your dagginess. But it's a, it's a bit of a banger of a song. And it starts like this. Beautiful Lord, wonderful Saviour. I know for sure all of my days are crafted into your perfect. Yeah, yeah. anyone's catching it? You gently call me, guiding me by, you ready? Yep. Your Holy Spirit. Yep, really good. Teach me, dear Lord. To live all of my life through your... This is the best bit. You ready? It's like, bum, bum. I'm captured by... Come on. Yeah, that's it. Come on. Set me apart. I know you... This is fantastic. Just serenade me, guys. Lead me, Lord, I pray. So what song are we singing? Potter's head. Well, look, can you give you guys a round of applause? You did really well. We sung some 90s, 90s, nah, 90s worship music this morning, just keeping that train going. Maybe we should do more of that. It's a lot of fun. So, yes, we sang The Potter's Hand. What a banger. You don't believe me. It is. I'm blasted on the way here. Isaiah 64, verse 8 tells us, that yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. The potter's hands. This is the work of a potter's hand. I don't know the potter, some, probably some lovely Japanese person. That's where this mug came from. This is my, my daily coffee mug, sharing a part of my life. It's nice. I use it every day. 
It's reliable. It has purpose. It's useful. It's very useful. I drink my coffee out of it. But it's also really nice to look at. It's quite well made. It's beautiful porcelain. It's got a nice porcelain room. It feels great. Like good for mouthfeel. Like you really want to have a great coffee experience in the morning. It's, it's, all, it's all holistic. We offer ourselves into his hands. A visual activity, how about we think of ourselves as lumps of clay? Doesn't sound like fun, but it probably does sound to be comfortable just to be sitting there as a lump, not really having to do anything. It's dark, it's quiet. Sounds quite nice, actually. See you guys, I'm off, good night. But then all of a sudden you are pulled out of the ground, slapped on a wheel, spun round and round and round, hands working hard, pressing you, shaping you, little scalp tools just cutting away at you. This doesn't sound like fun. Doesn't sound comfortable at all. Doesn't sound like main character energy. It's not a walk in the park. It's definitely no, definitely no Pepsi Max. Not at all. <laughs> does not sound like fun. So maybe it's hard to be a lump of clay, working and being worked and pulled and shaped. It's hard to be vulnerable with God. It's not always easy to talk to him about the things that we fall short in, the things that we're not obedient in, to expose ourselves and our hearts and our minds and our bodies to his work and his hands. Um, last year, my wife, Hannah, did a pottery course. Someone gave her a gift to do like a 10-week course in pottery and she really enjoyed it. She actually had some really good things that she made that she brought home and I could have bought one of those today for greater effect, but I was scared that I'd break it and I don't know if she'd really appreciate me drinking um, Pepsi out of her work. But I also expect um, Pepsi to send me royalty um, in a few days. So... Uh, <laughs> But she, one of the things that she mentioned that she found she had to apply a lot more pressure than she thought to keep the pottery centred, to keep the clay sitting where it needs to be. And she used to come back and oh, it was actually quite the workout. I came home sweating. It was not, I thought it was going to be very gentle and easy, but sometimes it was a lot of work. And sometimes life can feel like that. You're being forced into shape. It's hard. And it's hard to know when God is there. Is he pressing? Is he gently guiding us? And sometimes Hannah would say that it was almost the lightest touch could make the most dramatic change. Do you have those times where God's subtle voice and touch just releases something in your life? It's one and the same. His hands are at work. He wants every part of you. You do have to sometimes compromise how you see yourself or maybe how others see you. It's what it means to be a living sacrifice because there can be other patterns at play. There can be other hands at play. A few nights ago, uh, I had a call from some family. My, my lovely mother has experienced a, a really bad bout of vertigo. It does not sound like fun at all which in itself isn't the best situation. However, she does care for my grandmother. She's the primary carer. 
So that brings a, an element of trickiness to the situation. Um, who's going to, to look after her? Also, who's going to make sure mum's recovering? And so there was a few, few phone calls, a few arrangements of plans, a bit of shift work, looking after some people. And I'm going to be honest, I was pretty grumpy about it. I had all these plans, had a good weekend lined up. I felt important. It's like, oh, I've got to leave Alpha on Thursday night. I've got a sermon to prepare. I don't have time for this. This is, oh, I'm an important person. And so, as you can imagine, I really didn't show a lot of compassion. I didn't show a lot of love. I didn't let God through. I stepped off the altar. I felt the pressure and I felt God in that, but I almost refused to be shaped. And I realized that. And I realized that I had to repent. I had to apologize to God because he has this moment where he wants to work in my life. Here was this beautiful opportunity to be compassionate, caring, kind, to honor, to honor my mother. And I wasn't choosing to. So whose hands are molding us? Could it be your own hands? This day and age, we celebrate being the self-made man, self-made woman, person. It's a bit of a flex these days to have that. It's like, I don't need no nobody. I can do it myself. Here, me and my Pepsi Max. I can do it all. Or maybe other people's hands are shaping you. Words spoken over you. Bad or good. Some really hurtful things that have just stuck in there, like a thorn. Or maybe it's hot air pumping you up. You're like, yeah, I am that great. Oh, everyone says how fantastic I am. Must be true. So that's the question that we present to you today. It's whose hands are molding you? It's almost what Ryan was saying. Like, who, who are we following? Who's in our inner world? You display to the world whose work you are. The hands that work you is what you display to the world. That is the work that you are. That's the vessel that you are. What influences your inner world? What is your body and your mind? Who, whose will does it enact? Is it his will, which is pleasing and perfect? It's good. Because if you let God shape you, you find you know more about who he is. You learn his touch. You learn his fingerprints. You know when God is gently at work or maybe he's doing something quite hard and heavy and keeping you centred. It becomes recognisable in your life. It dis you distinguish God's touch the more you let him in. It's what Paul talks about in verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by him. You know when Christ is at work in you because you begin to see things differently. So this morning, before I came, I had to work past my mum's and, and help prepare some breakfast for my grandmother, check in on my mum, see how they're going. And I found it as I approached it, I had joy. I actually was looking forward to serving my family and seeing them and caring for them and bringing joy and peace and love. Nothing had changed. The situation wasn't changed. 
but there was a decision made to be formed by him, to be transformed. I saw the world differently. I saw compassion. I saw love. Where I saw before convenience and interruption. It wasn't before it was, oh, why me? That was, oh, I get to do this. This is awesome. There is a term for this process when we are shaped to become more like him, to act more like him, to allow him to work in us. I should be drinking water. <laughs> that process has a name called sanctification. And God is at work today. He's been at work this series the one word that cannot escape my heart and mind is sanctification. God wants to make you holy. To be sanctified is to be set apart for holy use. Like the song says, set me apart. He wants you to be holy because he's holy. And the beauty of it is, is that we can't do anything about it. It's not us doing the work. It's all God. He is the father. He is the potter. We are merely participants. We cannot Pepsi Max this people. We are merely participants in what God wants to do. Dallas Willard tells us that the command is, do not work, just make space. Attend to what is around you. Learn that you don't have to do to be. Accept the grace of doing nothing. Stay with it until you stop jerking and squirming. Because we can do that on the altar, on the wheel, being shaped by God. Maybe it is time for some of us to crawl back onto the altar, to step back into that presence. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe you've actually just come off of it. Maybe you've never considered doing that with God. But know this, that God loves you. He created you for purpose, for use, to be holy, to be sanctified by him. He pulled you from the miry clay, as the scripture says. He stoops down in compassion to make you. Now, everybody in this room has a body, a heartbeat, breath. Can everyone check for me to make sure? Do we have to call an ambulance? No? Good. Every single one of us has that. And if you have that, you have purpose. Plain and simple. We are all the work of your hand. We are set apart for use. We are set apart to be a vessel. That is at once at both useful and beautiful. You may not have heard those things in your life. But God sees you and sees a work of beauty, sees a work of use, a work to be put to purpose. The more you become like him, the more you allow him to shape you, you become a vessel. The more you let Christ in you, you're able to become a vessel to empty yourself, to be filled again by him, to be carried by him, to be taken into the world Christ through us. We can pour out something that's a lot more beautiful than what we could craft in our own lives or what we let others craft in us.
You can be set apart and holy because he is, simply because he is the Father. And that's the step towards emotionally healthy spirituality. It's simple. It understands the cost of sanctification, but knows the worth of it. It's worth it. As we invite the band up, um, I'd love to pray over you all and create a space where God can work, where his hands are ready. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning that you are among us. We all come before you. We all step on that altar. We're here, God, as a living sacrifice, ready to be shaped, moulded, worked into something beautiful, to be put to use. Lord, show us the areas in our lives that need your touch, your work. Lord, build upon the work you've already done in us. Let us experience your loving touch as you shape us. May we hear your voice telling us, you are holy, you are set apart, you're beautiful because I have put the work in you. I am your Father. You are the work of my hand. Amen. Thank you.